0: What's going on FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the NASCAR DFS podcast. I'm Dan Malin, joined by Matt Sells, previewing Richmond this week. Second race in uh, the Cup Series playoff schedule. Xfinity is uh, still limping along in their regular season. Matt, how you doing?
1: Not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Um, you know, we got NFL starting this week, so it's been kind of a slog. for uh this point you know getting all those great tools and tables and content and stuff all set up for everybody and uh so far it's been smooth sailing we'll see what happens when the game's actually and then you and i get to put in the inactives on sunday morning mm-hmm. uh, that'll be nice and fun um so yeah but uh, looking forward to another very good uh nascar race weekend uh see if Kyle Larson will video game it again. <laughs> like he did at the end. <laughs> there where he's a good effort. He just sent it, man. That's that's the definition of a full send right there. <laughs> so that was pretty exciting and then sure enough, Denny Hamlin waits until the first round of the playoffs to get his first point of the season and lock himself into the round of twelve. Um he was likely going to get there in the first place. Like, yeah. he was likely going to make it to the round of eight without having to win. But now it just puts the pressure on every other playoff driver that had problems last weekend. Like, all of them did.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like a big storyline throughout the race. Was You know, they kept talking about how, you know, these these playoff teams showed up and they just completely whiffed on either the setup or they were just gradually unprepared with strategy. Um, it was touched on with Alex Bowman uh, William Byron, I, I kind of, I didn't get to see the whole race because I was in a fantasy draft at the time. So basically I saw like the first 50 laps. And then when I got home, I saw the basically all of stage three. So I kind of missed most of stages one and two, but then when I got home and I saw Kyle Busch and William Byron were done, um, that knocked out a good portion of my lineups, but not all of them. And so I still a bit basically broke even for the whole race.
1: Yeah, so Bowman got into Byron early in the race, and then they fixed the 24 car and made it back into the top 10. And then I believe he had a tire go down, or mm-hmm. he brushed the wall and pancaked it, and that was the end of his day. Eric Jones, not a playoff guy, but a guy we were, you know, had in lineups, uh, didn't have a very good day. No. Kyle Busch had a bad day and then had a bad day for his wallet because he got fined $50,000 for driving through. The garage area, like, a bat out of hell.
0: He just cleared out the cones. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, McDowell had issues. Um, I think Chase Elliott had a so-so day. Not overall. I mean, I know Larson was good for most of the race and then finished second. But other than that, it was a bad day for Hendrick at Darlington. Um, MTJ was just kind of okay and then did he have an issue? Too, I don't remember, but like by the end of the race more playoff drivers had issues than didn't have issues.
0: So I mean, he still finished 4th and got a couple dominator points. Um, they were commenting like how in stage 3 when it was uh, it was Hamlin and Larson running out front, they were commenting on about on how fast Martin Truex's car was and they they talked about how he might have been able to run them down, run Hamlin down at one point. Ultimately, he just ran out of laps. I mean, the speed was there and everything. Um, he, I forget the whole narrative. He may have had a penalty where he had to start at the rear at some point. He, I did. he
1: did. He had a um, – I think it was a speeding penalty on one of the last restarts because he said that I think part of the field had stayed out for the caution before that, and so – not only did he start, he had to start, like, way back. He he was in 15th or 16th place, but actually rolled off the line in, like, 30th because of where he had to go at the end of the, you know, the tail end of the longest line or whatever. So he did have that. Um, kudos to Ross Chastain, by the way, who put on a heck of a show again and had some serious speed in that 42 car, so... Darlington was nuts. We get another interesting track this weekend at uh, Richmond. So it's another short track. Uh, It's going to have a lot of laps. We got a lot of laps led we can count on. Um, And again, it was the two guys that did the best at Darlington last weekend were the two guys that did the best at Richmond earlier this year. And Hamlin, who (coughs) led a boatload of laps. And then Larson passed him late and got the win. So... Those two again, and they're on the pole and the outside pole for the race. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot of Larson Hamlin in these playoffs, I have a feeling.
0: Now, before we dive into Saturday's race more in depth, uh, let's talk about the schedule. We are recording this on Wednesday night. Prices and contests for both races, Xfinity and the Cup Series, uh, they just became available about 30 minutes ago. So we haven't really done a deep dive into the pricing yet. Um but here's a look at my schedule for this week. Uh, it's a Saturday afternoon race. I thought it was a Friday night race. Um, <clears throat> so I was pleasantly surprised to get an extra day to, extra day to work on the playbook. Xfinity best bets are already up on Wager Alarm. I posted them in the NASCAR Discord as well. Um, and the Xfinity playbook, I don't know. I might have it done tomorrow. I might have it up by Friday night. Um, I think I might just take it easy tomorrow with – the Bucks and Cowboys kicking off the NFL season. But that's it for me. I like these weeks when I only have one race to cover.
1: Yeah, that's pretty nice. Trucks are off this week. Um, so for me, um, I, have, I posted the schedule in Discord earlier this week. I'm hoping to stick to it. Um, with it being a Saturday night race and there being more cup content, you're going to see about three pieces of content on Thursday, hoping to have the track breakdown, rankings, and projections all out on Thursday. And then best bets on Friday, potentially the um, playbook. I'm gunning to get the playbook out Friday evening because my Saturday is nuts. with I got both kids playing sports on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, NFL stuff and college football live stream on Saturday morning. So uh, I'm getting the playbook out on Friday. And then core plays should be out about 90 minutes before green flag on saturday Uh, if all goes according to plan so that's kind of uh my content schedule this week
0: um quick overview of the xfinity series just because um got a comment in the discord last week that not much of a preview was done on xfinity and it was it's kind of similar to this week it's just the prices just came out within the last hour ultimately there's a lot of chalk in this race Taylor Hart Jr. Is, this is his one race a year that he runs. Um, and he's,
1: he's very good at Richmond.
0: Yeah, uh, he he ran this race a couple of years ago in the Xfinity Series. I think he started around 30th, which is where he's starting on Sunday, and he finished fourth. Uh, led about 12 laps, I think. Basically, <clears throat> anytime he stepped in to do this one race a year over the last three years, he's gotten a top five. So the equipment's good. He's really good. And he enjoys doing this as well. I he don't also think he
1: picks tracks that he's <clears throat> done well at previously because he's exactly. done all at Homestead, which he did a couple of years ago. Darlington. Uh, Darlington, I think was last year, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It was two years. Ago. Homestead was last year and Darlington was 2019.
1: Right. So, and then Richmond, he's he's always loved Richmond in the Cup Series and Xfinity. <laughs>
0: um, so he's going to be a chalky play. Josh Berry is in the 31 car for Jordan Anderson Racing. Uh, he's 11,600. It's a little too pricey for me. Ty Gibbs is in the race. John Hunter Nemechek, I think is in the 26 for Sam Hunt racing. I'll have to double check that. Um, I do like the price tag on Daniel Hamrick and we may scoff at that a little bit. He does. He has run well here in the Xfinity series. It's just been about three years since he did. He's starting 12th. He's 10,000 in four races here. He has three finishes in the top four um sam meyer i was hoping was going to be a little cheaper he's technically in the 99 for bj mcleod motorsports but a lot of people are suspecting the engine the chassis everything they're all expecting it to be junior, junior motorsports equipment um it is,
1: they're running five cars for Junior. Yeah. um
0: so there's a lot of expensive and pricey chalk for the xfinity series race the downside is that the xfinity contest absolutely suck they came out. The happy hour is uh, the field shrunk all the way to about 2,000 people. So $1 entry, 20 entry max, $20 to max enter, and the first place is only getting $20. Bucks. Now, typically in the – or they're getting $200. Bucks. Typically in Xfinity, that number has been around five, $600. bucks. i am just – I understand NFL is back. These races are on a Saturday, and so they still have to compete with college football. I'm just a little surprised that we saw this much of a fall off in the quality of contests for Xfinity. So I'm debating possibly only doing three lineups and entering them in maybe the bigger GPP in a three-entry max contest. I'm just not excited to play Xfinity. And I'll still put my my effort into the playbook. I'm just not thrilled about it.
1: Yeah, that's a little bit of a steep cutoff there. Uh, you, I mean, we ex, we fully expect other sports contests to shrink when NFL starts. I mean, let's face it, NFL eats everything.
0: We say it every Sunday during NFL season. NFL rows the boat on our site when it's when it's NFL Sunday morning and our, and our Twitter is blowing up and our the questions are flowing in. We need to have NFL content on the main page ahead of everything else. Even when we get MLB content coming in, it's just like it's got to be NFL. Like NFL just trumps everything else.
1: Yeah. So, but to cut it the first week of the season is – pretty surprising usually they do it like the second week you'll see a drop off but um it should be an interesting race i do actually like races where there's multiple expensive chalk plays because you can't get all of the chalk so you still have to be smart about how you build with chalk um and obviously if it's all expensive not all of it's going to be chalk so you might actually find an expensive differentiator that you thought was going to be highly owned uh, that being said, Dale Jr. will absolutely be chocked. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That's just what happens. <laughs> Here's what I want to talk to you about, though, because yeah. I know I know the, the DFS tracks that I'm typically pretty good at. Um, I'm, it's it's weird, but I'm much better at Martinsville than I am Bristol. And I think it's just because Bristol tends to have more unexpected wrecks and cautions. Like, they're both a half-mile track, but they're completely different half-mile
1: well, tracks. Bristol's more of a Daytona of a short mile. Sure, short... Yeah. Track so is like the Pocono of short tracks.
0: So I don't think I've ever had a great Richmond race. And it's because I think every time I go into Richmond and I read it the wrong way. And I do this because when I'm looking at drivers that can potentially offer PD, a lot of times I start chasing too many drivers. So if you look at the cup seriously, and we'll preview some drivers, I like the price tags on Chastain, Busher, Basically, everyone from the $7,200 range, starting with Chastain, all the way down to about Ryan Newman at an even 6000 <clears> And all those guys offer PD basically starting outside the top 20 except Michael McDowell. The problem that I've always run into with Richmond is that there is a bit of a cap on how far a driver can move up because it's difficult when you fall laps down here. It's difficult to make those laps up. And I looked at the racing reference numbers. Uh, earlier this year, I think only 15, 14 or 15 drivers finished on the lead lap and only and more in over half the field finished two laps down. So if you're running two laps down in stage three and you have a driver that's outside of the top 20, he has almost no shot of gaining any more PD just because he's already multiple laps down. And then I looked at, you know, last year's playoff race and it's arguably the same number like we end up at Richmond with so many cars that just fall multiple laps down that then it just becomes a little difficult to actually target the right pd plays so when i'm looking at these guys that are kind of value plays that everyone might pay down to i don't necessarily know if i want to include more than one of them in my lineup i'm hoping that i can probably just get the most reliable one the one that i trust the most and then I try to fit fit the mid-range guys and and the, get the right dominators in there, too, because I don't want to have too many guys that just ultimately have their PD capped. I'm sorry for the rant, but that's why I think I've sucked at Richmond is because I'm targeting too many of these cheap PD plays that just don't get it.
1: Yeah, Richmond is one of those odd short tracks where PD doesn't necessarily pay off the way you expect it to. Because like, isn't it kind of hard to pass here? Yeah, because... This track drives more like drives more like a mile and a half, even though it's three quarters of a mile, right? Because mm-hmm. the sh- it's a D-shaped track, so you can keep if if you're not running into lap traffic, you can basically you can stay in the drive it smoothly. You can keep your momentum going, and you just keep building on your lap times, kind of like they do mm-hmm. at Michigan, yeah. right? I know it's counterintuitive <laughs> to compare Michigan to Richmond because they're two different size tracks but the driving style is similar in that if you can keep it clean you can keep building your lap time at richmond because there's less actual braking zones because of the way they design the track it's not as flat as martinsville so you don't have to get into the brake to make the sharp corner then accelerate back out right and it's not I mean, it's not as fast as Bristol because it's highly banked all the time. But, yeah, it it can be tough to pass here. Also, if you have something, if you have an unscheduled uh, pit stop, you're screwed. You're going two laps down. Like, because they can click off laps here in, like, 16 seconds, maybe. So, if your pit stop takes, like, the time you hit pit road, your pit stop you got to figure you're in the pit for 12 seconds and you get back on the track, you're losing two laps to the leader pretty easily. So it is, it is one of those tracks where like, we could sit here and go, Oh, I like LaJoy at 25th. And I like, um, you know, Ryan Newman at 24th and Bubba at 27th and Briscoe's 26th. You're not going to get PD from all of those guys in one lineup. It's just not going to happen. Um, so you kind of got to pick one, maybe two guys, and yeah. then the rest of them should be starting inside top, the top 20. And then, yeah, inside the top 20, maybe inside the top 15, and then just hope that they stay there, basically.
0: Um, so it, it is kind of, I'm glad we had this little breakaway because we've, we've done road courses so much. We've done these bigger tracks. We've done the mile and a half. It's like, we have to recalibrate our thought process strictly to these shorter tracks because I mean, that's what we have this week and then next week for Bristol. Right. And Bristol can be an absolute nightmare. Like we can't even look at this year's, this, the other Bristol race from this year because that's, that's it's just a dirt useless. Race. <laughs>
1: it's a dirt race. Also, it's a cutoff race next weekend. So... There's going to be more bumping and pushing and shoving than there normally is at Bristol, which is saying something. So uh, next week, it's going to be fun. <laughs> All
0: right. So let's just get to the driver pool. Six drivers priced over $10,000. Uh, even William Byron starting, P4, starting P14, he is 9900 uh, a lot of options this week, and none of these guys that are priced over 10 k are starting outside the top 15. Kyle Busch is the most expensive at $11,500, fresh off a $50,000 fine. He's starting P15. And then also in this price range, you've got Chase Elliott starting P13, Kyle Larson on the pole, Logano starting P6, Hamilton on the front row next to Larson, Trix, who was very fast last week, uh, starting P3 at 10,200. And like I said before, William Byron. Who is your favorite play in this range?
1: Pretty tough to go against Denny Hamlin right now. I, mean, I agree. So let's, let's clear up a couple things. One, Darlington was a 750 horsepower package, right? Low down force, <clears throat> high horsepower. Everybody liked that. Guess what's on the card this week? The same, same thing. Pack. So, and it's the same package that was on this car when they raced at Richmond earlier this year as well. Now, this is a night race. I'm pretty sure the last one was an afternoon race. That'll change the way the track drives uh, a little bit. Obviously, the temps in Virginia in, you know, September, not the same temps as they were <clears> earlier. <throat> I believe it was, what, May, I think, that they raced there. Um, so, I would say... I kind of got to lean with Denny Hamlin. First of all, he's starting second, which he started second last week for what it's worth. Uh, He also led a boatload of laps there earlier this year. Like
0: I think over 200
1: led. Yeah. Like he probably should have won that race. Uh, His equipment kind of tailed off there towards the end. Larson was able to catch him wound up winning. Uh, And I will say historically speaking, Hendrick has not been terribly great at Richmond. Like, Larson mentioned it when he won uh, that he's like, well, I guess I would have liked to have known that this isn't normally one of our better tracks. <laughs> because like chase did not have a very good run there. Byron didn't have a great run. Bowman. Not so much either. Um, that being said, I do like Byron this week though, too, because here's the thing out of the nine oval races. Well, I guess eight, not, not including last week. Um, Prior to last week, the eight oval races that have happened in this package, William Byron has the best average finish of any Hendrick driver in this package. So I would say Hamlin and Byron are my two favorites in that in that grouping.
0: How do you feel about MTJ? He was fast last week. He has looked better overall in this particular package.
1: Yeah, he has. He would probably be my number three pick there he has one here i think he swept the season uh in 2019 if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure he swept the season races here uh at richmond then because he went like remember true had that weird switch where he went 0 and 81 at short tracks and then he went like six for the next eight yeah <laughs> something like ridiculous he figured it out so true would be third on that list uh for me now if you're saying well hamlin already won he's locked in what does he care about winning this week well here's the thing i don't really buy into that if he wins this week it's one less opportunity for another person to lock their way in and so if he wins this week right that's the first two races of the playoffs taken off the board so now you can only have one other person win their way into (laughs) round 12 everybody else has to get in on points We saw what happened at Darlington where, like, legitimately three-quarters of the playoff field had a problem.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So then you go to Bristol and guys like McDowell and Harvick and Keselowski and maybe one of the Hendrick guys need a win at Bristol to advance. So I don't buy into the, well, he won, he can coast for another two races talk. Also, not to mention, this is Denny Hamlin's home track. He grew up Literally in the shadow of this track. So, nice.
0: um, all right. The next range I want to discuss uh, about six or seven drivers. Matt De Benedetto uh, at eighty one hundred, and then we'll go to Christopher Bell at ninety six hundred. So in this range, you got Bell starting tenth, Kislowski starting seventh, Harvick fifth, Bowman is twelfth, Ryan Blaney is eighth, Austin Dillon is nineteenth, and Matt De Benedetto is twenty eighth. Obviously, the two that stand out the most in terms of PD are probably Dillon. And De Benedetto, I don't know if I really want to go to De Benedetto at eighty one hundred. Uh, I don't know. He burned me pretty bad last week. It was a pretty yeah, good spot was, for him last week, and he fell down
1: too many laps. Yeah, it was not a great. It was not a great uh, race for De Benedetto. Um, I mean, we talked about picking a driver, maybe two starting outside the top twenty, and going with him. The question is. Do you want to take a shot at $8,100 on De Benedetto, or do you want to save about $2,500 and take a shot on a few other guys starting right around him who are cheaper?
0: I think that there are plays in the 6900 range and below that we talked about earlier. I know we said, like, not all of them are going to gain PD, but there are some drivers in there that I'll take the savings just so I can pay up for an extra Dominator or just a safer guy starting in – Inside the top fifteen.
1: Right, like he, here you go. Bubba Wallace. I know <clears throat> Wallace. He has looked better in this package. He's looked pretty good of late, too. He's starting 27, so he's starting right next to De Benedetto. Except Bubba Wallace is sixty three hundred bucks. Almost two grand cheaper. Are you taking De Benedetto or are you taking Bubba Wallace? <sighs>
0: don't love either. <laughs> That's um, kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> I but, I mean, if we're anyway. looking for
1: money savings, Bubba Wallace pre- presents exactly as much risk as Matt Benedetto does. Given their histories this year and how they've driven in this package and where they're starting, I'll take the two grand savings.
0: So we'll come back to this because we will jump down deeper into this this value range. But two guys that I'm very intrigued with in the 7k range are Kurt Bush at 7700 and I get it he's starting P4 which which is not great, but he looked pretty good last week at Darlington in a very in the same package. And then you have Eric Almarola who anytime they've been on a short flat track, we've preached that he's a good play. I think in his last two races at Richmond, he's finished 6th an eighth, sure, he doesn't offer as much PD. However, 7,500. Basically, if he finishes in the top 10, you'll be happy with that and, and take it and run. Do you like them both this week, or do you prefer one over the other?
1: I will take Almirola over Kurt Busch. Um, simply for the PD upside, um, a little bit more. I mean, it's only a few spots. Right. But if Almirola finishes 5th, which he's finished 5th, 6th, and 8th in three of the last five Richmond races. So let's say he can finish 6th. He's 200 bucks cheaper than Kurt Busch and you're getting a little bit of bump in, um, in PD.
0: If he next. somehow finishes 5th, he's basically getting you 6x value. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm on board. I prefer Almirola slightly as well. Now we'll jump into this. Go ahead.
1: Kurt would have to be, what, runner-up?
0: Well, he's 77, so he needs about 38 and a half. He... That top five still gets him basically value.
1: Right. If he holds With his
0: spot, hit it's 40 points.
1: But to hit
0: six, actually. But to hit six, uh, he would need 44. Carry the two. Yeah, just about.
1: Right, so do we think he's gonna be one of the top two cars on the track this weekend? We do uh, not. <laughs> I don't think so. So <clears> the <throat> advantage there for Emerald. All right, do you like Chastain and Busher this week? Pretty cheap, seventy-two
0: hundred and seven thousand respectively, starting seventeen. I mean, how do
1: you not like Chastain after what he did at Darlington. He like,
0: just shows up and just he can, he can go out and he can comfortably get a top ten. Like I love playing Chastain because I know like you know if he runs a clean race. He can get a top 12. if he runs a really good race he can get a top 10. and then he does crap like last week where he just goes out and he comes close to potentially winning the race he was yeah. in a, if, if that a late caution
1: shot, he could have won that race
0: if there was no late caution he could have run away with it and gotten his first win um but he still finishes he third had
1: the move on Larson and then once he missed the move on Larson he was that equipped like he had not enough laps to get back to him <clears throat> um but,
0: uh, still a great result for him. Um, I was actually surprised his ownership was so low last week. It was only like 18% in a lot of GPPs. Um, anyway. All right. So we like Chastain. Are you okay with Busher this week?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, Busher's. I mean, <clears throat> he's one of those guys that just keeps showing up and shows well, right? Like last weekend he finished ninth. Um, Daytona. Yeah, congratulations. He finished. Second, I guess, um, and then you know he's he's one of those guys where if he's in the right starting spot, he can absolutely hit value for you. And starting eighteenth, I think he's reasonable. Yeah. Um, Daniel Suarez, Suarez up until a certain point
0: in this season. Um, I want to say it was it was either Martinsville or up to Sonoma. He was actually landing in the optimal lineup at about a 70% rate. Hasn't been the case lately. However, he's coming off a 13th place finish last week. He started 26th, finished 13th. It was a very good showing from Trackhouse. I feel like the car is better
1: suited for this package. Agreed. Mm. Um, If we want to compare it to, like, New Hampshire, which is a one-mile flat track, he started 31st and finished 20th. So he moved up well there. Um yeah, I would say that, that this team has been better suited for the 750 horsepower package this year. Um, but again, he's one of those guys in this range where you're going to kind of pick one or two, and then that's it. Um, so, I, I mean, he's better suited for GPPs for sure. Yeah. He's not going to be in a cash build.
0: Um. Who else do you like in this range? Before we really have to go dumpster diving, I know we kind of previewed this this range on multiple occasions, but you you still you like Bubba in this group?
1: I mean, he's okay. I was just tossing him out there because it was a two thousand dollars savings from DeBenedetto and they start next to each other. Okay. Um, Newman. I mean, how can we discount what Newman did last <clears throat> week? He was running in the top ten for a chunk of that
0: race. Um I think the safety net with Newman heading into last week's race was like he was he had he just had so many consistent top fifteen finishes at Darlington and then he just goes out and he gets another.
1: Right. And in the last five Richmond races, he's had three top fifteens.
0: Yeah. All right. So he's in play.
1: Averages a starting spot of nineteen point eight, which is pretty which is actually better than where he's starting, and his average finish is sixteen point six, so He's got some, some PD, and on shorter, tougher tracks to pass, Newman's a guy you want in your lineup because he's a tough guy to pass. Under
0: um, 6K, were
1: you potentially looking at? Under 6K. Well, this just got fun. Um, It's kind of hard not to pay attention to LaJoy, given that he started 25th last week and just flipping showed up.
0: He apparently said on a podcast pre-Darlington, that his team paid extra money for, a, like, a superior engine that was far better than, like, any engine that they've ran in the 750 horsepower package. And, like, it clearly showed, because he was running in the top ten for most of the race, and, like, at the end of the day, he if got you... got w- to
1: the top five, like, on a pit cycle. It wasn't yeah. like... It wasn't like he was fifth because everybody else in front of him pitted and... what? No, he was actually on the cycle with everybody that already pitted... And he was fifth. So. Like, it's interesting just
0: because, I mean, like, a top 15 finish is good for that team. But it's almost like when you watch the race and you put it into perspective, it's like, wow, like, he finished 15th. But that car was, like, top 10 most of the day.
1: Yeah. Um, He hasn't been great at Richmond. But, again, you can make the argument that right now the equipment that he's in, the team that he's on, has been the most consistent team he's been on. Yeah. Um, so I would take the shot on LaJoy at under six.
0: He's basically the only one that I would it's look
1: at. basically to it. I mean...
0: But it's almost like the secret's out on LaJoy and, like, everyone knows, like, if they're going to run the same package and the same engine as last week, that, that's a good car.
1: Essentially. By the way, before I hear it from anybody, yes, I'm aware that it's Quinn House, uh home track, too, if you want to say, because he's a Virginia short track, but I'm not paying for him. Sorry. Home track only matters
0: if you're actually. Good Lord. Who is paying for Quinn Huff in those, all those finishes outside the top 30?
1: I don't know. Well, I get
0: the theory of, pay, of paying for Quinn Huff because, like, you, you, never, you never roster him hoping for 5X. Like, you're hoping he maybe gets you somewhere in the teens for points, and he just opens up enough salary where you can pay for multiple dominators or pay for expensive, like, PD options multiple. But this week, I the way roster lineups will be constructed, I don't think you necessarily have to go to Huff.
1: Nope.
0: Because yeah. there have been weeks when I've gone to Huff.
1: Also, by the way, in the last four Richmond races, he hasn't finished better than 30 seconds. So no nope. lovely. All right. <laughs> not not doing that. All right. So one um, thing I do want to point out, I don't know if this is going to be a hindrance or a help. Uh, Brad Kozlowski's spotter um is actually doing a double header on saturday because it's tj majors and he's spotting for dale junior um in the xfinity race and then he'll spot for Kislowski in the cup race and i know that some other cup guys do share like xfinity and cup guys can share spotters um but i did want to point that out because um they are two different uh teams because obviously Kislowski's on penske and junior is decidedly not Copy. Uh, for GPPs,
0: are you looking for 2 dominator dom-air builds? Are you okay doing a solo dom in case we get someone who absolutely
1: blows this race out of the water? Uh, I think I'm okay doing a solo dom. I mean, that's what happened here earlier this year. Um, obviously, Hamlin uh, just lit stuff up. By the way, in case you're wondering, there are three drivers in the last five Richmond races that have averaged better than 80 laps led per race. Uh, Martin Trex Jr. is on top of that list. Kyle Busch and Greg <clears throat> Um Hamlin did dominate earlier. Uh, he just hadn't led very many in the previous ones because he's only at 50.4 laps uh, led per race. So averages can be deceiving because if you get a huge chunk in one race and then it's still divided over the other ones, then it's going to downgrade it, right? Um, but yeah, generally speaking... I'm okay with doing. I would say split your builds and do one DOM for half of them and two DOMs for the other one.
0: Any three DOMs or no?
1: Too risky to try and so. gamble on
0: nailing the right guys.
1: Yeah, I think we're just going to gamble on nailing the right dominators and then, you know, get the guys that are going to finish high. You don't necessarily need that much PD. Um, there will be people that chase PD, but. Like we said here, only about half the field, less than half, maybe a third of the field is going to finish on the lead lap. So if you've got a guy in 16th who's two laps down.
0: That's not moving up any farther. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter if they only go backwards from there.
1: Right. It doesn't matter if they're actually racing up with the fifth place car. They're still in 16th and they're not going to go anywhere. So um, this is one of those tracks where you can get trapped laps down and cut your PD.
0: All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. I think this is one of the more informative podcasts we've had in a while, just in terms of strategy and reviewing previous Richmond races. So thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA nation, especially with NFL DFS this week.
1: Yes. Best of luck. Uh, Just to plug the NFL content. We do have a promo code kickoff. That's 50% off our DFS season package. Uh, I know I personally just wrote, I don't know, 5,300 words today, breaking down every single matchup uh, for this weekend. That's live on the site. Uh, we have Howard's DFS watch list is already up. We've got coaches. Dan's going to have a coach coming later this week. Friday. Yep, on defenses. Uh, and so, yeah, we've got a ton of that going on. We've got seasonal content already flowing. Get the Discord. Um, Yeah, so I would use promo code KICKOFF and save 50% on your NFL DFS package if you haven't already gotten it.
0: Love it. All right, man. Thanks so much for your time. Best of luck to you, and best of luck to our lovely subscribers and the FA Nation.
1: Best of luck, FA Nation.